The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hello, welcome back. We are in Child Free Estate Planning. Quick thank you to our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Child Free Media, champion level sponsor, Child Free Wealth, and other sponsors, 365 Diversity, Best Child Free Life Possible on Facebook, Buy Child Free, Buy Child Free Merchandise, Child Free Family, Child Free Journals, StopHavingKids.org, StreamYard, and the books, The Age of the Child by Kristen Tetsy and Wild Egg by Jennifer Flint. By the way, my name is Lenora Fay. I am one of your co-moders, and that is Cody Hetzel, another co-moderator for today's panel. So with that, we will get our speakers on stage. We have Dr. J, we have Kristen, Dr. Kristen, and we have Matt, <laughs> who's hey, Matt. working on his doctorate right now. <laughs> so I guess with that, uh, just tell us about yourself. Uh, Dr. J, we'll begin with you. Hey, I'm uh, Dr. J. I'm child-free, me and my wife. I also happen to be a child-free financial planner and proud sponsor of this conference. I'm just happy to be part of it. And for the fun of it, just a fun fact, I am doing child-free financial planning in Mississippi. For those that are not in the U.S., that is quite the challenge right now, but it is a fun time to dig in. Matt, step up. Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Gray. Uh, I'm coincidentally the only other child-free financial planner that, uh, that is out practicing that way and serving this community. Uh, I'm based out of Denver, so some different uh, perspectives from the state of Mississippi, certainly. So hopefully that can play in today. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I grew up in a very traditional Christian family that had the expectation that I would also have a traditional family someday. And that hasn't been the case. And we're talking a bit about that in estate planning today. All right, and Kristen. Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Kristen Donnelly, and I am not a financial planner, and numbers scare me, <laughs> but um, I own a business, and I am child-free, and so I want to talk about how we've handled estate planning on our end of things. My husband and I are intentionally child-free um, and are quite happy to be that way. I'm based in Philadelphia, but I'm talking to you today from Northern Ireland. Awesome. People travel. All right, so why did you begin the process of estate planning? And please state what age you started that, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll start with you, Jay. So I, I, I joke that mine's kind of like an ongoing process. My wife and I have been having these discussions for a while, but she's one of those that kind of like, I don't want to talk about like death. Like if we say it, it might happen. So it's something we've been talking about. I'm 44 now, so about 10 years. And we make progress every year, but I'm still not 100% happy with my estate plan. All right, Matt, go ahead. Dr. J, sometimes the financial planners, uh, financial household's the last one to get tidied up, huh? <laughs> so that's that's not, to, I don't think it's too uncommon. Uh, I'm actually on the kind of other side of the spectrum where I did get started quite early uh, in my mid-20s. I don't remember, 24, 25, 26. Um, but it came out of professional necessity, basically, as part of my job was to, especially pre-COVID and pre-the virtual work world, was go around and meet local estate planning attorneys and, and try to, you know, build some relationships with them. And what I found is someone in my mid-20s in, in uh, the financial planning industry is, wow, estate plans can be fairly expensive. 
I don't need anything complex. Let me see if I can find a young estate attorney who's willing to put together like fairly basic, simple uh, estate plans for people who don't have serious needs at this point, but they should have a plan. Uh, so I actually found one, did a very simple plan with them, did it affordably. And it was, again, not even me really thinking about myself, more thinking of, all right, this is part of my job. Let's go get something done and, and figure out how it goes. Kristen, go ahead. Well, mine was necessitated because we own a family business. And so my whole life, I've known that the shares of the company were going to myself and my brother. And so when I took a job overseas after college, the board of directors of the, the board of advisors, I should say, of our company kind of said, we would like you to make a plan where if something goes completely pear-shaped, like we know where the shares of the company are going and we know what that looks like and we know like we essentially we have a plan and so that was in i was 21 when i started that process um but like we've been talking as a family about the importance of estate planning i've been aware of my parents estate we knew what the company was going to need and things like that honestly most of my cognizant life um, but definitely the first time i did it was 21 and when I got married, kind of bringing my husband into already established plans was um, an adventure. But yeah, so it's we're going on, we're going on uh, almost twenty years now. I've had it in place. Kristen, did wanted... you? Sorry, if I can cut in really quickly. Kristen, did your your family start talking about that when you were? You said most of your cognizant life. So, did they really get into the details of the estate planning fairly young? Like you're in sixth grade and you're like, someday you're going to own this company. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh, no, for sure. Like, and we knew exactly what percentage of, like, which percentage of the shares we got at different times. And there were conditions to it um, a little bit. My Each of my parents got, like, one condition or we wouldn't get the shares kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's always been... It's always been that thing because their plan was never to sell it to us. Their plan was always to give it to us. Right. And we were going to earn it in non-monetary ways. Mm -hmm. So, no, like, I remember being, like, eight. And when they we, they bought the company when I was seven. And I remember being eight and walked around the, the building and saying, this will be yours someday. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I still think Matt has it easier because he's solo, you know. I and mean, we're over here trying to figure it out with our spouses. And estate planning with your spouses is a complete, like, you're, you're putting two groups together. So, like, okay, let me give this to the group. So, we have, in our family, a three nephews, two on one side and one on the other, we're going to split the money with. The question is, does each nephew get one third or do we give half to each side of the family? It's, it's too early for that math, Jay. It's it's too early for that math. <laughs> it's, it's just like that. It's that thought process of going. Good question though. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. We're going yeah. to go back and edit that. You may give your nephew because I don't want to see you on Dateline in the future. <laughs> 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 so, um, but, it sounds like everyone here kind of got involved with estate planning early, but from a child-free aspect, maybe what do you guys think maybe the holdups might be for people to not even consider estate planning ever? Uh, Dr. J. So, by the way, it's because nobody wants to have the conversation is, is my thought. You know, it's never a fun conversation. It's not, and it's not really hard. Um, there's companies out there, there's a company I work with called Trust and Will. I get nothing from them. It's just a company that does it all for you. The paperwork's easy. I think the thing that I'm trying to impress on people is because we're in a post-row world in the US, you have to have your paperwork in place, your will, living will, all that. Now, because rules are changing every day, um, everything is relying on next of kin and you don't want your state making the decision of what happens to yourself. And if you're LGBTQ plus, 
you got to do it. But then people are like, well, but I don't want it. Well, your choice. If you want the state to make the decisions for you, go ahead. But I don't trust them to make decisions for anything. That brings up a good point because we, we never know, no matter what country you're in, the the liquidity, the fluidity of what's going to happen with your government. It could completely change things if, if you have to rely on them to decide what happens with your estate um, after the fact. So, Matt, same uh, question for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to, I think, what holds people up a little bit more rather than the urgency of doing it, which I 100% agree with Dr. J. Definitely at this point, uh, it, it should be something to get done, even if it's something very basic. But what holds people up is kind of two sides of the same coin. One, a lot of us when we're young and even older than just young, uh, we have this invincibility complex of like, yeah, that's not that important for me right now. And then that mindset continues until the point where you definitely need one and you're like, oh yeah, you know, it, it's way beyond when most people would have gotten started because you still have that mindset. People also don't like, as Dr. J said, to address their own demise and talk about what happens when you die. Uh, it's a fairly uncomfortable topic when, you know, these advisors who are trying to understand your goals and things say, so where do you want your money to go? Imagine you're dead. All right, perfect. Let's go from there. Where do you want your money to go? And it's, it's just an uncomfortable discussion for a lot of people. Um, but I, I think the other thing a lot of people think is, oh, I don't have heirs, so I don't need to really have a plan in place. But uh, that's, that's not really the truth either. Um, and we can probably expand on that in a bit. Can I call you Dr. Kristen? I say Dr. J. <laughs> Dr. Kristen is fine. Kristen is fine. I'm not fussed. Um, man, I agree completely with everything that Matt and Dr. J said. Like people don't want to deal with their mortality. People don't want to deal. But one of the things I find is um, I, I am friends with a whole lot of social workers and pastors and public school teachers. And they'll say, well, I don't have any money anyway. Or I can't afford estate planning. I think honestly, one of the words that throws people off is estate. Um, and that when you hear the word estate, you're thinking of the HBO show Succession. Um, and you're not thinking of like, no, they need to know what to do with your car when you die, chicken. Like, so it's, it's got a bit of a branding issue, I think, to a certain extent. And it's hard for me to put myself in some other people's shoes. Because like I said, like this has been, I've known I haven't wanted kids since I was 11. And so I've always known this company was going to go to me and I always had to think about what I was going to do with it and what that kind of looked like. But when I tell, when I tell my friends, you've got to talk to a financial planner, you've got to have a living will, you've got to have a, like, do you want a DNR? Like, you've got to think about these things. So many of my friends are like, I don't have the money to do any of that. And I was like, you don't have the money to not do it. Like you, you have, you have to, um, for a lot of the reasons that Dr. J brought up, but I think some of it is the misnomer of the word estate. I yeah. find quite a lot of people think you're talking about uh, real estate when you say you're a estate plan. They're like, I don't know, I'm not really thinking about buying a house. And you're like, okay, well, estate, like you said, Dr. Kristen, it can be a bit of a confusing word for multiple reasons uh, in there. And uh, I think you're definitely right that a lot of people are just kind of like, I don't know, I don't really understand it. I'm not sure what it's about. It sounds terrible. I just will ignore it for now. Yeah. So let me get, let me give you guys a funny, oh, sad story. Um, so I interviewed someone for my book, uh, Maggie, and she was talking about she was really worried about her parents' estate. So she did all the wills for them, living wills, got all the paperwork set because she's a really in control. And she had joked with her uh, husband that, hey, you know, it, it was kind of running joke. You're going to die by the time you're 50. Well, he did. And they hadn't done the paperwork for themselves. And one of the challenges there was, like many child-free couples, they weren't actually legally married. 
So now she had to deal with the losing her spouse and not having the paperwork and not being legally married. And, it, and all of a sudden, everything is a giant nightmare where if you had the paperwork that they had talked about for their family and for their parents, it would have been a whole lot easier. And I, I just felt for her, but it's, that's what happens. Yeah, I, I want to like kind of hammer home that point, and one of the reasons that estate planning is so important, uh, specific, especially for child-free who aren't married, but also LGBTQ is you know they're typically less often married, things like that. Is if you're not married, you're not considered family according to the government. Legally, you're not next of kin is the term you might have heard before, and in that instance, you can have these situations. You may have been together with your partner for 15 years, but never got married. And now you're not considered their spouse for these legal reasons. And the money reverts to their siblings or something like that. Um, and to, to Dr. J's point, now, if you are trying to get some of that money and you think that, oh, but we had discussions and my partner said they wanted me to get it, not according to the courts. So in that case, it's, it's just one more reason why it's so important to, uh, to get that stuff squared away. And I'd like to say too, for any couples um, who are cross-cultural, so like my husband is a UK and Irish citizen and I'm an American citizen. And before he, like, he doesn't understand why we need this paperwork because in the UK, as long as we're married, he doesn't need another thing. It automatically goes to me, that's it. And then if they can't find me, then it goes to the state. And I like for 10 years now, I've been drilling into his head that that is not how it works in America. Um, so if you are somebody who is, you know, and my husband's birth citizenship will trump his American citizenship. So it, like when he dies, depending on, you know, but then again, if we are owning our American house, we'll trump to America, but his Irish and UK pensions will go along according to Irish and UK law. So if you are somebody listening to this and you are in a long-term committed covenantal relationship with somebody of a different passport and nationality, make sure you know what's happening in each of your countries and make sure you know if the visa the other person is on affects things and what it kind of looks like, because the more nationalities you add into the mix, the more complicated it gets. And it's more than your will. So uh, the other one that people don't think about is your beneficiaries and accounts. So I worked mm -hmm. with somebody who um, passed young and he had not changed over his pension from his ex-wife to his current wife. And when he passed, his ex-wife got it all. And there was nothing yep. he could do. That was it. Right. And it was like, uh, what do we do? I'm like, nothing. And the ex-wife was like, I'm keeping it. <laughs> so what? The moral of the story is don't get into mar marriage or relationships. It's just easier that way. I'd and then have good paperwork to go with it. The moral of the story is write, is write stuff down. That would be the moral <laughs> of the story. Write stuff down and get it notarized. That's, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and for our LGBT friends, you might, your marriage might disappear tomorrow in some of the states in the U.S. I'm Mississippi. It's a real risk. Right. That means you thought you were covered under marriage. And then the next day, the state goes, nope, you're just good friends. That's why the paperwork has to be done. Right. So this is the next question. Then what does estate planning mean to you? And we'll start with Dr. J. I have to add the doctor in now since Cody set me up for that. <laughs> so... When people talk about estate planning, it's, I actually think of two things. I'm trying to answer the question of who's going to take care of you when you're older. I hate that question, but that's like the long-term care question. But then also, what are you going to do with your stuff after you're gone? Because there's a period of time where like you can't make decisions for yourself. You need to have the paperwork, living wills, power of attorney, things like that, to make sure that's protected. And then also, as Chris was saying, well, who's going to get your car? Um, I don't really care so much about who's going to get your car, but 
I really do care about who's going to take care of me when I'm incapacitated. And I, you know, most of my clients, when I ask them, what do they want to do with their state? They said, like, I want my last hundred bucks in my hand um, as I die. You can't always do that, but like, okay, great. So that last hundred bucks, where does it go? Yeah. Uh, Matt, go ahead. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit, uh, you know, I definitely have to go and get my, my doctorate now just after sitting on this panel. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really loud, the words that don't come before your name when you're surrounded by people with them before the name. It's okay. Uh, Cody and I aren't doctors either. So it's, that's true. You're that is true. friends. You're that's all right. Friends. We're still, we're still uh, the majority here technically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So estate planning, um, I mean, I think, and today we've talked a lot about the technical aspects of it. It's a will, it's a living will, it's all these things. How, like, what does it do? Why is it important? But I think it's also quite a profound statement in multiple ways because one, I would define it mostly as a selfless act. First, you're really taking the load off of whoever survives uh, or it's like your survivors um, and whoever you're, you're leaving behind now has a very clear roadmap as to what to do rather than go hire an attorney and start fighting the courts people because it's going to be a big, long thing to settle it. So you're reducing their chore list, but you also get to make gifts to people or organizations or causes that you care about if you don't die with the last hundred in your hand. Even if you do, I guess you can give a hundred bucks somewhere, but where does that go? Who gets it? And you know, if it's nieces and nephews, if it's good friends that have been in your life for a long time or a cause that you particularly care about, that's kind of your last selfless gift of whatever I have left over. I want it, I want it to be important. Um, and it's really your last chance to make a mark on the world. As you pass away, you go, one more thing. I have one more thing to say. And, and that's it. It's in the estate plan. And it could be literally like a letter that you draft, but it also can be an action of, this is where I want whatever I have left to go. And this is what I find important. So I think um, there are the technical aspects, but it is quite a big um, act at, at the end of your life. Yeah, Matt, I love what you just said there because I always think of Brene Brown's quote that clear communication is kind communication. Mm -hmm. Like if you really love your people, don't put them in the position where they have no idea what the hell you want. Um, and it's it's just, it is a kindness. So for me, what it means is really practical. I've got this company and we it's privately held. It's been privately held forever. It will be privately held you know, as far as my brother and I have control over it, we've we've kind of ordered his kids to keep it privately held or to sell it. Um, but as long as a Nielsen is running it and owning it, we want it to be privately held. And so that included a prenup when we got married. My husband has absolutely no claim to the company or any of the shares of the company. He has no claim to some other family properties that we have um, that like my grandfather built before I was born kind of thing. And we made it really clear, like each of us came into the marriage with this and that, and anything we make in community property is is on the on the table, but anything I came into the, the marriage with is not his to claim. And so everything goes now to my niece and nephew. My brother has two kids and I had the luxury too of knowing that my brother was always gonna want kids. Um, and so like, this is what we plan for most of our lives is that I would, you know, have the shares at, at the company and then they'd go to his kids. Now his kids are two and three, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> them a ton of shares isn't particularly kind. <laughs> so it goes into a trust that my brother manages. Um, and they can remove the money to go to college or put a down deposit on a house. Um, and, and what that kind of looks like and means and feels like, but then I've got, 
it was important to me as well to make sure that some of my friends, if I go before them, uh, some of my cash can go to paying off their student loans um, because they're, you know, so I try to think a lot. To me, it means how do I love people for longer? And how do I also respect my employees and I make sure they're taken care of and they don't get screwed over by the state. And, it, and to echo what Dr. Kristen is saying, we'll, we'll make Dr. Matt later, but um, <laughs> like, can we just like, you know, give him the secret handshake? And, <laughs> yeah. I want in on that deal then too. Come on. Hey, well, you know, that's Fine. a different question. But to echo what Dr. Kristen is saying, the other document is not a legal one. It's called an in case I die file or an I love you file, which yep. is everything you, you know, wanted to say, need to say, but it's also where everything is. So a silly example is my neighbor, his father passed and they, it, old timer had gold coins and told all the kids, Hey, in case of emergency, you know, rainy day, the gold coins are there. Never told anyone where they were. Quarter million dollars of gold is missing. <laughs> Nobody knows. That's what in case I die file says, Hey, here's where my accounts are for the elders. Here's where my safe deposit box are. But it's also like, you know, I want to be cremated. I want this, you know, I love you. I'm, my, my file to my wife literally starts with, I love you. You're going to be fine. Here's how to do it. It has like all the contacts of everybody to talk to. It's like, even like, here's the electrical company. Here's how the bills are paid, whatever. So she doesn't have to worry about anything. And then it goes into, oh yeah, by here, here's the accounts. Here's where the paperwork is, all that. But that's just, it's just the gift you're giving to your family. And if you don't like your family, then don't do a will and don't do paperwork. That's all. Yeah. Going back to the kindness of communication there. <laughs> yeah. Don't like yeah, or do one and give it to absolutely anybody else. Yeah. Give it to the dog. Okay, my dog, I swear, <laughs> is going to get everything. If my wife had a choice, I wouldn't get it. The dog would. Like, I, I, I want to vouch for the in case I die file because I have one of those. I mean, I'm I'm not a I, I'm going to live till I'm 95 years old. But in case I don't, and I've made my brother the executor of, of my estate, mm -hmm. and I have one of those, and I I have to update it. I'm thinking of passwords now, but it it is. Again, to what has been shared about age and, you know, I started when I was 34 doing my doing estate planning and, you know, it's, it, it is one of those awkward conversations, but it's peace of mind. Personally, again, like I, I have no intention of going anywhere, but it, it is a, a peace of mind knowing, you know, because my, I am the one that has to explain things to my brother anyway. So might as well when I'm, I've passed, <laughs> you know, totally um, so it's I, just to vouch for that in case I die a file, I have one and I, I think it's great. Um, we have what? apparently incoming questions. Sorry, we're, we've <laughs> we could talk for hours. Like um, beep beep beep. Incoming questions. Incoming. I, I, I get notices have, on my phone. Have fun with your, uh, your if I die file. Put a treasure map in there and just be like. <laughs> now we're talking. It's like shoes, wigs, burn all the journals. <laughs> Keep the violins. Okay, uh, Cody, do you want to read this out? Sure. Uh, regarding estate planning, I live in Texas and I have been able to gain access to a ton of estate forms through a free membership at my local library. Cool. It doesn't have to cost anything to take care of your assets. Yeah, you can actually write it like on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just each state has its own rules. Like some like you have to have two witnesses, some a notary, some you have to have like, it has to be somebody who's not on the will. Like that's the one little quirk and you actually, in some states, can do a video well. Hi, I'm Jay, and here's my stuff. It's gone. Like Welcome to the future. <laughs> and, and I think that stuff's really great to use those resources, particularly if your situation is fairly simple and you're like, I just want to give it all to my sibling or something. Just get it to them, and that's fine. Um, where you start to have complexity, again, where it's uh, non-married couples or second marriages or things like that, where there's you know, multiple or more complex things going on. You want to make sure you get the legal aspects done correctly so there's no 
the holes in that document that can be circumvented legally. And that's where if you have any complexity, you may want to talk to an estate planning attorney, but definitely use the resources that you have at hand. And those free resources, uh, I'm sure, are great for uh, like simpler situations and you just want to do something basic. It's great. Yeah. And one of the and most common questions this. I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't want to put um, Dr. J or um, almost Dr. Matt on blast, but my estate planner will, my, my financial person is happy to look at people's paperwork if they've gone for free and just double check that things are fine and make sure that everybody is set because, and I know other financial planners that feel the same way where it's like, hey, just bring me your stuff. Let me just double check that everything's fine. I'm not going to charge you anything. I just want to make sure you're taken care of. Um, right. And so it wouldn't be it, it, that even getting it checked is not a fee necessarily or that arduous. Sure. Yeah. And I think the biggest question I hear from people is, well, what if Lenora was talking about her brother being the executor? What if I don't have somebody that I trust mm -hmm. to handle it? And that's that's a child free discussion. that's very common. And by the way, Dr. Christian, yeah, I review people's stuff all the time. I do the free meetings, all that. No bigger than that. But the question is, who's going to handle it? And one of the things that I've worked with people on is, Paying somebody to be your executor, power of attorney, medical proxy, you can pay usually the local bank or local attorney to provide those services so you don't have to be a burden on it. So you don't have to worry about, well, I don't have anyone to count on. Well, no, you just pay somebody. You know, you pay somebody who's a fiduciary, pay somebody who's a trustee, and just go, it's taken care of. I don't have to be a burden on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming up near the end of our time. Uh, oh, here we go. We've got a question. Uh, how legally binding is recording a video? or a video will and last testament completely varies by state and area so don't you know that's one you got to look at but i'm just saying there are options out there and sometimes you have to note it to go with it and like here the paperwork is here but go watch the video essentially and just real quick just to throw it to either one of you three you can rock paper scissors for it how can someone start this process like easily um i'm gonna give a free plug to trustandwill.com um their service, pretty cheap. You don't need to trust most people. Um, Kristen's got a great example where you would need to trust for, for kids. You can do that. Also, Matt or I, I'm happy to sit down with you and talk about it from the financial standpoint, but neither of us are lawyers, so we're not writing up the paperwork, but we're happy to work on it You know, from the, well, what do I have? I, I second the trust and will. I work with them as well. They're a great company. Um, they're like a legal Zoom plus, basically, and they only do estate planning. So it's still affordable, but it's specialized and it's it's better than a legal Zoom. So it's it's uh, it's a good service. Well, very cool. With that, let's uh, wrap up the topic. So uh, we'll let everybody plug a little thing that you have going on. Dr. J, we'll start with you. So Kristen's already teed us up. So anyone wants to come for a free hour, uh, childfreewealth.com. And uh, as Cody mentioned, I'm also giving away free copies of the book, childfreewealth.com slash book, and you can download it. Awesome. And uh, I guess we'll keep going around the circle as we have been. Uh, you can find me at anthrofywealth.com. Uh, and that's uh, my company that does, again, child-free financial planning. And then on August 1st, actually, Dr. J and I are releasing a podcast and we'll have it coming out weekly called Child-Free Life and Money, talking about, uh, you guessed it, child-free life and money. So that's going to be coming out starting August 1st. <laughs> 
Oh, that's really exciting. Awesome. You can find me at argooddoctors.com. My company is Abby Research, and we are empathy educators. And we spend a lot of time talking about being child-free, both myself and my partner. My business partner um, are in child-free. Ladies in our late 30s, early uh, late 30s, we are elder millennials who are child-free. We spend a lot of time talking about stigma, and we'd love to have you join us um, at argooddoctors.com. I guess that's my cue. <laughs> that's you. It's all you. Wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, I get excited by this topic. Honestly, actually, you get excited by estate planning, uh, Lenore. That I do. I look, <laughs> Kristen and Isabel, my my co-host, podcast co-host, will tell you. Like, I'm always reminding them to get a will, and this isn't even my area of expertise or profession. But I am that friend that says, "Get your will done." Um, I have some texts to send out after this panel for that very their daily reminder. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining us on this panel today. Um, that's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, Kristen, for having us. Kristen, Kristen, you're going to hang out because you're on the next panel. So I am in indeed. Yep. All right. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.